Welcome back to the Kyle Style Podcast. I thank you once again for joining me. So, this is another installment of Visions of the Apocalypse. This time, due to it being the Halloween season, we're we're going we're going off road. This is the Living Dead. <laughs> now, if you're like me, you probably got some zombie fatigue. Zombies have been running rampant lately. I mean, not really in the streets, but just in media. You got games and shows and books and movies and everything else, and it's it's gotten a little little crazy. You got people doing zombie walks where they dress up like zombies and try to get as many people as possible, and it's it's gotten inundated. Right? There's market saturation as far as zombies are concerned, but zombie movies at their core are fucking fantastic and they can be i suppose you could say can be fantastic and we sometimes get little tastes of that uh, of that that world now before i dive into my dissection of the uh, the walking dead apocalypse <clears throat> tm you should head over to the uh, redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Kyle style design. Cop some of my original artwork on uh, shirts and prints and mugs and all that good stuff. And I get a portion of the proceeds. Or go over to the GoFundMe page. Throw me a dollar because it is listeners like you that keep me coming back and talking into a microphone. So you actually wield control over me by doing that. You can telepathically, well with money, control what I do. And that's that's interesting. So, go check those things out, and then we'll uh, begin our dive into the living dead zombie apocalypse. So, as I said before, zombies have kind of reached a sort of inundation point. We're in a, at a point now where there's so much zombie media and films and everything that you already know this stuff. But in in terms of visions of the apocalypse... I'm going to break down a kind of timeline of how a zombie apocalypse progresses so that you can prepare yourself, potentially, uh, to combat the hordes of the living dead who will be trying to eat you. Now, it's important to understand the sort of a cultural background for some of the living dead or things coming back from the dead and you can go back to, I mean, there's lots of folklore about the dead rising from their graves and such. You can go back to, you know, Jesus uh, died and was resurrected. He didn't wander around, you know, like a cannibal trying to bite people. But uh, I, if I recall, there's like a Hebrew or Jewish legend about when the end of days comes that the dead will rise from their graves around Jerusalem and they'll you know, walk around through the city. Sounds kind of like a zombie outbreak to me. Uh, you have things like Lazarus, right? Another biblical thing. Jesus rose, uh, brought Lazarus back from the dead, and Lazarus has become a, a whole a sort of symbol that's used in various media to represent resurrection and stuff like that. Now, those are... Uh, kind of like one-off magic kind of zombies, and it's it's they're not zombie zombies, but it's the idea of bringing things back from the dead. Now, you you move forward to you know Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, you know eighteen eighteen, 
this is uh, like a science zombie, right? Science zombie where you uh, stitch bodies back together and whatnot and then zap it with electricity and bring it back to life. And then it kind of runs amok. Now, it's not, again, not full zombie, but it's sort of like a science zombie. Uh, moving forward, there there's one that starts to hit more on what the... Uh, what a zombie might actually be, and that's uh, The Monkey's Paw, which is a novella or short story from 1902, and this has been parodied multiple times. I think The Simpsons did a parody of this, where you have a monkey paw, and literally like the hand of a monkey, and it has its fingers out, and it gives you wishes, so each time you make a wish, the finger curls down, and it tells you how many you have left, and the uh you know the it's like the mother and the father and their child dies in like an industrial accident and then the mother wishes that he would come back and he does and it doesn't describe it or show it and it's not a cannibal or anything but it uh you know the son kind of comes back from the grave and then comes to the house and he's kind of banging on the door he's trying to get inside and you have to resolve that conflict of course so be careful what you wish for as a typical kind of a, a story trope there but the, the kid rose from the dead and came back to the house and didn't come back the way that her wish she had been thinking but more like a walking rotting corpse that would then be you know alive so initial you know, sort of tease at this zombie idea. And uh, 1922, H.P. Lovecraft did uh, Herbert West Reanimator. This was a, another sort of short story where a, a scientist reanimates the dead with a, you know, sciency serum. And again, this is kind of a, a one-off zombie thing. It's like one zombie gets made on purpose. And it, uh, it, it, it ties into visions of the apocalypse because of the zombie notion has maybe always been with us, this idea of ghosts and, you know, people coming back from the dead and that kind of thing. But uh, we, we need to move forward to, uh, well, where it starts to get a little broader, a little bigger. There's the uh, a 1932 movie called White Zombie, which I assume is where the band White Zombie Rob Zombie's band got its name from. Now, this movie is, you know, again, from 1932, very, very black and white, and it revolves around the voodoo zombie, which is where we actually get the word zombie, of course. And the voodoo zombies, it's like you mix up a potion or a spell or something, and you can bring a person back from the dead or kind of maybe place them into a state where they are mindless. Now, these aren't brain-eating or flesh-eating zombies. These are just mindless drones. And you have a zombie master who controls them and tries to get his way by controlling this you know group of zombies to do his bidding. And again, that's basically like a one-off kind of situation. They're not running wild. They're not trying to eat your face. They are drones. Now, it deserves a mention because it's a use of the word zombie in a very early form, and this notion of them... Uh, being mindless. Now, I, I don't want to insult you. You know what zombies are, and you've probably seen a lot of the media that I'm going to talk about. But uh, 
There was another one in, in 2009, Dead Snow, where a, I guess, a platoon or a battalion of Nazi of Nazis, uh, Wehrmacht soldiers, were buried in the snow in, I think, Sweden or Norway. And then some college kids go up there and they activate a curse and then the curse raises them from the dead. So now you got n- frozen Nazi zombies. And then the movie turns into like a splatter gore fest after that. A lot of red blood splashing on, uh, <laughs> on white snow. Again, magic zombies... Not necessarily an outbreak of zombification the way a lot of these other pieces of media are, but uh, another kind of representation of that idea of the dead coming back to life and them being Nazis, I guess, makes it worse than just being zombies. Right? Maybe it's the Z. Maybe the Z is bad. Anyways, so if we're going to move through, we're going to step through the timeline, right? The timeline of, uh, of what the zombie apocalypse actually might look like. So if we're talking about a sort of modern incarnation of zombies and this zombie outbreak idea, basically every zombie movie has the outbreak element in it. The The initial outbreak point in it has various causes. It might be a... Uh, I think the original, it was like a, a satellite came back to Earth and had uh, the zombie... Uh, stuff in it uh it's usually not magical it is usually like a biological weapon or it's a virus or something like that and it tends to tends to be tied this way where it spreads from person to person by the bites and then it reanimates them after they die and you there are but there are some films that focus more heavily on the initial outbreak point and one of those is a really creepy movie that I really liked it. It was called Quarantine, which I, I guess is a remake of the movie Rec, R-E-C, like record, which was, a, I believe, a Spanish or Italian uh, movie. And it's a found footage movie. So it's a news team go and follow some firefighters on a, on a call. They kind of get trapped in this building where they encounter the first case the first uh, case incident of this outbreak and then they start getting attacked and then the other residents in the building start getting attacked and then they, it becomes pretty clear fairly on that uh that what is happening is this outbreak is happening and then the building gets quarantined they seal up the building from the outside so you have the ter- characters trapped inside trying to survive and they have to kind of go higher and higher they're going to try to escape from the building and go out through the roof or whatever and it's a a double kind of double whammy, right? You're in danger and no one's going to help you. And it's all done with, you know, uh, night vision lenses on cameras and stuff. And it, it's all super creepy. I really like that, uh, that depiction of how that initial outbreak goes down. Because somebody turns zombie and they turn around and now they're going to try to attack you. And then you get bit and you basically die. And then you're going to get up and walk around and, and attack somebody else. And so it comes down to that that kind of ethical challenge of, well, my wife just got bit. I need to try to chop her arm off so the infection doesn't spread. Or do I just kill her now? Or do I let her attack me? Eh, you know, what are you going to do? It's an ethical dilemma. If you can't disconnect that 
the zombie is now just a zombie and it's not the person that you know. Anyways, moving along. So quarantine was pretty great in in that way of of showing how that initial outbreak goes down. Uh, it usually, and it kind of spreads from there. That's one of those movies that deals kind of with the initial outbreak. You have movies like the original 1968 uh, Night of the Living Dead. And this is George Romero created, kind of created the zombie phenomenon with this film. A group of strangers out in the countryside, they all kind of end up, for different reasons, at this house, this farmhouse. And then, and the zombies start to come and surround the house. And the zombies know that they're in there, they're making noise. Maybe they can smell them. Maybe it's just instinct, right? But they have to organize their supplies, and they have to board up the windows, and they find the guns, and then there's power struggles between the survivors. There's a little racism here and there. You might have, uh, there's somebody who's been bit, and they're inside, and that's a little a ticking clock as far as storytelling is concerned. And you have to learn about the zombies. So, you know, in the real world, we've become very familiar with zombies due to all the zombie media. Usually, is the trick is you have to shoot them in the head. All right? Yeah, shoot them in the head, and they, then they go down permanently. Usually, characters have a little learning curve to demonstrate that that's the rule. I think we're sort of past that uh, in a lot of fiction. It's just sort of established that you have to you have to kill them in the kill them in the head. But uh, Night of the Living Dead had the had all of those survival horror elements, and you're already past the initial outbreak. You're not necessarily even sure where it came from. It's just sort of happening. And you now have hordes of zombies surrounding your sanctuary. And it's crowbars and bats and guns and swords and, you know, cut the zombie heads off and go to get to work killing zombies. And this is reflected in, obviously, the, uh, the hit show, The Walking Dead, which I did a whole episode about how I think The Walking Dead sucks. Uh, I still stand by that. Uh, I think World War Z, the movie, sucks. Uh, I still stand by that. I'll have a link to that. You can go back and listen to that one. Why The, the Walking Dead sucks. But it's pretty brutal the way they did, Glenn. Anyways, uh, Night of the Living Dead showing that initial horde state. No one knows what's going on. You know, the power is still on. There are other survivors still coming in, and everyone's kind of banding together. You move forward in the timeline, and this is interesting. Uh, the Dawn of the Dead, 1978. This was sort of uh, this was George Romero again, sort of his second zombie movie. And Dawn of the Dead is a classic. I actually prefer the uh, 2004 remake. I like that one more, but the the original is pretty solid and that one that movie doesn't show the outbreak it just shows that it's already happening it's already underway and people got to start making some hard choices you got to cut and run you got to leave people behind you got to find a safe place wherever it may be and think about your long-term survival because it's not working the organized resistance uh, governments and, and everything, it's its not working, it's failing, and you better run, and you better find somewhere safe. In Dawn of the Dead, they find a mall, 
a mall that's you know not uh, overrun with zombies. Well, kind of is overrun with zombies, but they are able to take it over, clean it out, and build a safe place for themselves. And then spend the rest of the movie kind of embat- uh, entrenched in this mall trying to defend it because it's got all the goodies in it. It's got, in the original, it had a gun store in it and it had, uh, you know, all the food and everything else. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's become survival horror at that point. It becomes uh, just kind of all survival generally. You could have a lot of these similar elements to uh, pandemic situations or even uh, nuclear apocalypse, that kind of thing, where you have a power struggle over scarce resources. And Dawn of the Dead, the original anyway, did have that element. Walking Dead has it of these, you know, hordes of, uh, or roving gangs, rather, of, you know, other you know, non-infected humans who are battling you and battling zombies at the same time, that kind of thing. And these rogue elements at play. And that's another theme, of course, in a lot of this media. But, uh, so that initial outbreak thing, uh, there's another George Romero movie called The Crazies. came out in 1973. was remade in 2009. I haven't seen the original. Uh, I assume that the, I liked the new one. I liked the new one, so I'm going to assume that the original had good stuff in it, uh, but I haven't seen it, so I can't really speak to it. But The Crazies is, it kind of relates to another movie, 28 Days Later. The Crazies are not zombies, but it's hard to talk about this. It fits into the zombie uh, schema fairly well. And The Crazies is this sort of a disease or infection that makes people go crazy they start thinking other people are going to kill them and they get kind of like really paranoid so they decide that they're going to kill everybody else so that the other people don't kill them and so then everybody's doing this and everybody starts killing each other now this is kind of a gore fest and it's it follows a lot of the zombie dynamics though not the mindlessness per se because they're using tools and things and they're still kind of they're still rational enough to like talk and stuff but the idea that you look away and you look back and now this person is there and they're infected and they're trying to kill you where a second ago they were fine it reflects that the kind of uh the infected people in most zombie stories now uh 28 days later is a fantastic uh basically it's a zombie movie it's not te- it's not a living dead movie but it's a zombie movie uh, nonetheless and it's Danny Boyle directed the movie, directed Slum, uh, Slumdog Millionaire and whatnot. And it's set in the UK. In the UK, they you know don't necessarily have guns, so the survivors don't necessarily have guns. They have like bats and machetes and things. Now, twenty eight days later, zombies. It does show the outbreak point. It shows uh, in the in the film anyway. It shows some animal rights activists try to free some monkeys or some apes from the, a lab and they're infected with this rage virus and the rage virus they let the monkey out the monkey bites one of the environmentalists and then it shows a really graphic it's, it's actually really graphic the way that the virus takes hold it's this spasming thing and they're puking up blood and they puke the blood on other people and then that blood makes them sick and then it starts to spread and what the rage virus does is it just makes you want to kill right so they're not rational anymore they're not speaking but they're they they just want to kill but unlike the romero zombies 
they're fast. And uh, 28 Days Later is kind of credited with creating the fast zombie thing, because before that, zombies in lots of various films over the years were always shambolic and slow. And one-on-one, you it's kind of not really a problem. You could kind of keep them at bay with, like, a, a shovel or something. You could just kind of poke and prod them away from you, and you'd be safe. It's when you get multiple together that they become a problem. Well, 28 Days Later, zombies are going to chase you down. And I guess if they're faster, if they were faster than you before they were infected, they're faster than you now. <laughs> and your only advantage is that you're rational. They're not rational. And, uh... As uh, the guy points out in the movie, the like military commander, you know, studying these things, it, tell, it tells me that he'll he'll never bake bread, he'll never raise livestock, so it might not even know to eat. So you just kind of have to wait them out, right? But it follows all the zombie dynamics. There's a fantastic scene where there's zombies rushing this mansion with all these army guys that are kind of uh, you know entrenched in it, and they're they're hitting landmines and they're machine gunning all these zombies and it's it's pretty great pretty great film overall uh and again so the timeline though the outbreak 28 days later and walking dead both kind of skated around this and it might be for budgetary reasons but it's a kind of classic um it's kind of a classic uh trope in sort of disaster fiction where a protagonist wakes up in a hospital there's no one there they don't know what's going on they don't necessarily remember why they were in the hospital and it lends this kind of dreamlike and confusing uh, kind of element to to the story and they they then progress about into the world and they have to learn what's happened well you have movies that you know i hated world war z i hated it it's a stupid-ass movie. But, I'll give them this. The outbreak sequences in... Uh, I've got a couple of them in this playlist that I'll have on the blog here. Uh, in the initial outbreak that Brad Pitt and his family see, it's in Philadelphia. It's pretty terrifying. And I feel like if you had fast zombies, and if the infection spread really quickly from these bites, that's kind of what it would look like. People would get bit and fall down and then get back up a few seconds later and then start chasing along and chasing all the other living people. Now, again, there's usually some kind of mechanic here where the zombies don't attack each other for whatever reason. Uh, They don't attack each other. They only attack the living. And they don't tend to attack animals, but depending on what kind of rules they have in their zombie story, they may or may not attack animals. So... Uh, World War Z had this great kind of depiction of the zombie horde mechanics, though. Uh, these just high zombies just pushing their way through things and, you know, bashing their heads on windows to break in. And the initial terror of a world where they don't know about zombies, all of a sudden having to confront zombies. Now, again, as for the rest of the movie, I think it can it can just fuck right off. The book was fantastic. Okay, now the book went all around the world, showing different people uh, in different places coping with the each stage of the of the zombie apocalypse: the initial outbreak, the collapse, the uh, the long term survival, and then the ultimate kind of uh, 
sort of resurgence of civilization after this massive uh, calamity. And the book was fantastic, uh, and it it touched on a lot of those themes of the the paranoia, uh, government power, uh, people who are in isolation, uh, people who are armed versus people who are unarmed, and in and again in that general sense of what what the world looks like, and you can compare this to all the other you know disaster fiction and visions of the apocalypse episodes I've done, where you have this collapse of rule of law, uh, you know, agriculture and distribution, energy grid, you know, water grid, even basic, a basic collapse in any kind of social contract between citizens. You murdering people for for cans of spam. Uh, uh, any electric lights are like a luxury. There's no, maybe no water or no clean water. And you can't trust anybody because anybody might be trying to kill you. Uh, and then you take that and you also add hordes of undead walking corpses who will try to eat your face. So those elements are kind of always in play in the uh, in the post-outbreak zombie universe, right? And this is something that people, I don't know, some people jokingly prepare for it, other people prepare for it also, they're preparing for these other disasters by stockpiling food and ammunition and everything else. But they they just go, eh, you can add the zombie thing on there as well. Eh, I'm also ready for the zombie thing. But there's, you know, you go online, there's quizzes you can take for, uh, you know, how would you, how well would you survive the zombie apocalypse and all that kind of stuff. It's fun because zombie stuff is fun. If there really were undead corpses trying to eat your face it would suck. It would suck a lot. And they would be everywhere. Everywhere. There's all kinds of recently dead people everywhere. And one bite, you know, you're not wearing a nice leather jacket, bam, now you're one of them. So, uh, moving along here, let me let me try to not ramble uh, too much. Um, well... I gotta, I, I gotta, gotta mention this. So, because partially because zombie stuff has become so inundated, you have things like dead snow where it's kind of tongue in cheek. Yet, <laughs> frozen Nazi zombies coming up out of the snow and and trying to kill you. You've got movies like Shaun of the Dead. Now, Shaun of the Dead is you know beat for beat, you know scene for scene story-wise, is a fantastic zombie movie. It's it's a zombie movie. It's funny, though. It's, it's again, sort of that tongue-in-cheek thing. It's a little bit of a parody of a zombie movie, but it has all those elements. The survival, the initial outbreak, the caring about your loved ones, uh, putting yourself in harm's way to try to save them. Maybe you can't. Uh, maybe you watch people die horrific deaths right in front of you, and you're trying to collapse zombie skulls and, and whatnot. And Shaun of the Dead is a, a great example of that. Uh, it shows that outbreak. It shows the learning how to fight them, and it's also funny. Now, you have crazy movies like uh, Peter Jackson's Dead Alive, uh, also known as Brain Dead, from 1992, and it's a... Uh, it's a uh, some little creature that they capture on Skull Island. I think it literally said Skull Island, 
and it bites this guy's mom and then the mom turns into a zombie and then there's she's like biting other people and making other zombies and there's like a freaky zombie baby and the whole thing is just a splatter fest and it's ridiculous and it's funny though i mean he's 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 wearing a lawnmower around his neck and using it to mow down zombies left and right and it's just it's just silly but it only works because you've already seen zombie movies and you're kind of over zombies and then that makes it fun to watch a zombie movie again because we've again we've seen these narratives so many times uh and then that moves me into uh another mid uh apocalypse film which is also funny zombie land now zombie land was a bit of that kind of send up thing where they they mock the zombie tropes but the zombie tropes keep happening to them and they lay out things like rules for surviving the zombie apocalypse where it's like uh you know the fat people are going to get eaten first cuz they're slower uh, my girlfriend says no the asthmatics are going to get eaten first because they're going to be slower than the fat people and it's true and i mean if you're some kind of amputee unless you have those crazy robot legs you're quite possibly not going to be uh outrunning anyone else either Things like, uh, well, there's, they lay out uh, and kind of poke fun at some of these zombie tropes, and yet, it's a it's a mid ground zombie movie. They're in the they're after the collapse. There's cars and things everywhere. There's zombies kind of everywhere, but they've got all the guns they could need. They've got you know Woody Harrelson's looking for Twinkies. Every character has to have goals, right? But it's a fun movie that shows different kind of uh, approaches, right? You got Emma Stone and, like, her sister are super uh, con people, and they're kind of dangerous. They're trying to screw you over. And you got Woody Harrelson, who's, like, a cowboy. He's just kind of riding high and trying to, you know, kill zombies. And you have the hero, is it Jesse Eisenberg or, or something? Mark Zuckerberg, whatever he is. And uh, it's a it's a fun movie. But again, it's a that self-aware thing that the populace as a whole, we have a little bit of zombie fatigue. You've got video games, you know, Left 4 Dead, which are basically like little mini zombie movies. They follow the same plot lines as normal zombie movies, but it's interactive. And you got your team and you're gunning down zombies left and right. Uh You've got mods for games that just turn them into zombie games. I think Battlefield did that. You got all these movies and everything else. And so, I mean, we're post-thriller here, right? I mean, Michael Jackson's thriller was, what, 1989 or something with uh, uh, Boris Karloff or Christopher Lee? Who was it? No, Vincent Price uh, doing the narration. And they are zombies and they come out of the grave and then they do a synchronized dance. I mean zombies have become a sort of an american institution and they they are what they are so you can have a little fun with them from time to time in some of these more humorous uh kind of avenues now moving forward in the zombie apocalypse though you have the initial die-off uh the collapse people realize they're kind of on their own this is what people have been doing for seven seasons of the walking dead now uh, 28 Weeks Later was a f- kind of a fun movie. I think it was Jeremy Renner. And they revisit the the UK. They revisit London and they're, they think the infection is, is over. And they try to invite people to come back to England after they fled. 
and then there's like another outbreak. And this is an, another kind of demonstration where the the infected are mixed with the normal people, and you got Jeremy Renner as a sniper, and he's trying to snipe the infected. But if people, different people are covered with blood and everybody's running and everybody's screaming, you can't tell who's infected and who's not. And so they all just flee and they they scatter everywhere. And now you're back to where you started. And extreme measures might be needed to ensure that you've contained the outbreak, right? And uh, you may still try to help people while these extreme measures are being implemented. Pretty good flick. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to uh, allegedly uh, 28 months later is allegedly coming out. That'd be kind of a a kind of a fun one. If you like limeys and zombies, which I like limeys and zombies, so uh, moving right along. So further diving into this kind of mid apocalypse, you have a few little side things where a few side things where they're not exactly zombies kind of like 28 days later but they are a good demonstration of this same kind of survival horror thing you've got one of my favorite movies it's charlton heston it's uh the omega man now the omega man is the is not the first uh movie but it's uh based on uh, i am legend okay now the Will Smith I Am Legend is kind of closer to the book, but not really. Uh, it, it's it's not really. It's it's kind of its own thing. The Omega Man also isn't really like the book, but it's kind of close. The closest one is the uh, Vincent Price Last Man on Earth from 1964. And it is a kind of a great depiction of literally kind of like one guy he's all on his own and he's uh surrounded at night by basically vampires they're kind of like zombies though some of them are a little crazier and more irrational and dangerous than others some of them use tools and things and he goes around during the day kind of finding them in their layers and killing them you find out you know, as the story progresses, that uh, maybe these aren't necessarily monsters. Maybe they're not necessarily infected with anything. They see him as a fossil. The world has now moved on. They're just a nocturnal species now. The human race kind of evolved and became nocturnal. He's the monster running around in the day, murdering them in their sleep, he has become legend, thus I am I am legend. That's the story, anyway. Okay, anyway, I am legend, the original story. Great story, really liked it a lot. Uh, and then, last uh, man on Earth. Then the Omega Man, which is the Charlton Heston movie. So he's poorly dubbed for some reason, because he was always poorly dubbed in a lot of his old movies. And it continues the story of Neville, or it's a you know a retelling of the story of Neville who he's trying to survive and and he goes out and gathers resources and all this stuff and the soundtrack in the omega man is like kind of creepy and cool and everything but it has that same zombie element where he's kind of besieged by these semi-rational uh kind of un they're sick undead ish people 
And there's actually an interesting uh, kind of callback in that, which is um, in the... Well, there's multiple callbacks. So the villain in that movie, his name is Matthias. And Matthias starts to... Uh, he, he organizes the, the uh, infected people. And they have a, a sort of religious calling to try to kill Neville. And he's played by Anthony Zerb. Zerby? Anthony Zerb? And, you know, he has some great monologues in there about... Uh, he has misused the wheel. He is the keeper of the flame. He's, you know, he must be destroyed with all the others. And he was in callback to... Kyle Style Podcast, Rise of the Machines, Visions of the Apocalypse episode. Uh, he had a monologue in Matrix Reloaded about their dependence on machines, right? So then, you know, uh, 20 some odd years, 30 some odd years later, he he's in Matrix Reloaded in 1970, what, 72 or whatever. He was the villain and a Luddite in the Omega Man, so it's kind of a fun little connection there. Now, move that moves forward to uh, the another uh, kind of aspect of these stories, which is that attempt to find a cure. And some of them pursue this more heavily. Sometimes it's just a plot device that people are trying to find a cure, and maybe they do, maybe they don't. But in this specific case, the Omega Man is... Uh, he has the antibodies to have a cure in him. But uh, this then moves into the Will Smith version of, of I Am Legend, which is, they're, they're sort of more zombie-like, the, the monsters. He's in New York City as opposed to L.A. Eh. And it's just a little more hyped. It's a little more flashy and everything else. He's trying to hunt deer from a Mustang and, and all this stuff. A car, not a horse. But uh, the Will Smith version is a great representation of a general societal collapse. It's sort of similar to some of the pandemic uh, media and pandemic fiction out there where there's just nobody left and it's just you and all the stuff is still here and the cities start to get overtaken by nature and that kind of thing. So it's a little bit different, again, because they aren't undead zombies. They aren't technically the living dead but uh, they behave as zombies do. And that, uh, again, that mid-ground, that uh, middle narrative part, the utilizing resources and uh, small group dynamics and everything else make for interesting conflicts and everything. It's part of why I think people like these stories. But uh, moving forward. So in this mid-ground, you have... Uh, you know, World War Z was written by Max Brooks. The that World War Z movie again, I hated it, but the book was great. The before that, in two thousand three, Max Brooks put out uh, the Zombie Survival Guide, which is again a kind of tongue in cheek, meant to be a, a. It's meant to actually be a manual for how to survive the zombie apocalypse. Right, tools you might need, weapons you might need, tactics that work against the the living dead, and. It's uh, it's fun. It's it's like it's pretty great. I really like it a lot. They were supposed to be making a movie of that, but I'm not quite sure how you make a movie of it. Uh, but again, that's sort of that. Uh, you are in the middle of the zombie apocalypse. It's happening. 
you know, society maybe as a whole has kind of collapsed, but it's, it's kind of, uh, you're still in the fight. And this, this kind of guide would be a thing that a group of survivors of some, you know, size would have handed out so that everybody gets on the same page about combating the zombies, right? Now, there are these late stage kind of stories like, uh, George Romero's third zombie movie, Day of the Dead. Now, Day of the Dead is a group of people in an underground facility, again, trying to find a cure for zombification, and they venture out to go check around and see if there's anybody still alive, and then they have zombie specimens in their lab, and they do experiments on them and everything else. And Day of the Dead is pretty gory, similar elements as Dawn of the Dead, so if you follow the progression, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. So the Day of the Dead is late stage. It's kind of like everything is collapsed. You don't necessarily know if anybody's still alive except for this small group of people. And they have power struggles and everything else. But there's a, a kind of romantic aspect where there's just all of the destruction. And it's a kind of, been, I think, inherent in all of us, this idea that in some ways, we don't like the world, and we would like to destroy the world, and so we do it through fiction. And uh, Day of the Dead is a pretty good, pretty far advanced form of that of that uh, that vision. Now, moving forward, with I have to give an honorable mention. Well, it deserves a mention, but I don't care for it too much. Uh, the Resident Evil movies. I mean. The Resident Evil movies aren't even technically zombie movies, I don't think. they. There's the T-Virus, and the T-Virus makes zombies, and but it also makes crazy mutant monsters and stuff, and so it just starts to really depart from the idea of a zombie uh, story. And there's like eight of these movies, and each one kind of progresses a little further in the zombie narrative, uh, the initial collapse through the, you know, apocalyptic imagery and into a kind of post-zombie future where there's still zombies, but there's been some recovery and that kind of thing. And there's just so many of those movies, and I kind of think they're all terrible, so I, I'm not a big fan of it. But uh, it is technically zombie fiction, very popular. They keep making them, so... There it is. Uh, Resident Evil series. Mila Jovovich is is just fantastic, though. I mean, I don't know how, about uh, as an actress, but she's she's just hot. She's great when she's kicking zombies in the face. You do have uh, so again books like World War Z progress all the way through this. They progress all the way to the end, and it's uh, it's it's interesting to see how different cultures around the world, different societies might react differently to this uh, zombie apocalypse. Some of them might recover faster. Some of them might have more material resources. And it even depicts uh, uh, guys on a space station watching the Earth kind of descend into darkness and seeing the fires at night from outer space and how it's sort of a new dark age and that's a kind of dark aspect to this 
zombie collapse where you we would we could really not only are you being preyed upon by these undead corpses but you're also being preyed upon by other people and there's massive scarcity the power grid collapses and all that and you're on your own and you're on your own in a way that I feel like most people in the world haven't been for quite a long time. It's been a long time since we had rampant, violent tribalism and, uh, you know, warlords, you know, roaming around. There are places in the world that are like that, but most, you know, Western countries, like if you're listening to me talk, you probably have no idea what that's actually like. I don't actually either, but, uh, you know, well, I have some idea, but not a good one. That's sort of what comes out of this full-on societal collapse. And it's touched on in a lot of this media. Again, roving bands of marauders and, and whatnot. And that, that again, ties back to almost all, all of this uh, apocalyptic fiction. There's a, always a, that element of this sort of strong groups, violent groups, uh, strong men emerging as leaders as and maybe as warlords, uh, people trying to take what other people have, that kind of thing. Uh, but World War Z moves forward in a, in a really a neat way where it's not about finding a cure. There's not, there's, they're not going to come up with a serum and inject it into you and you get cured of your zombie, zombieism. You're, you're dead. They take on a sort of industrial approach. There's one way out of this. Kill every last zombie. One by one. Until they're all gone. And that becomes like zombie war. <laughs> it becomes, you know, equip the tanks with guns that are, you know, uh, good at killing zombies. Every person gets a gun, and the gun has a bayonet on it so that you can stab zombies in the head. And you just have to march around the whole planet killing every last zombie. And short of some kind of cure or something that you could kind of disperse into the air and maybe kill the zombies kill i don't know if you, you yeah you can kill a zombie but you can't like poison a zombie i don't think right you'd have to destroy their brain anyways the depiction is is great and talking about like the, the scale of the endeavor because if you're looking at a full societal collapse you're talking about billions of zombies right billions of zombies that's uh, tall order right and that moves me to well let me let me let me double check my my lists here so if we're going down the list going down the list yeah i mean that's that's kind of the end and again a lot of these stories follow they can a lot of these different stories follow the whole progression you see the apocalypse you see or you see the outbreak you see the middle part and then there's some glimmer of hope uh, the group survives. They defeat the zombies that are immediately around them. They defeat the marauders that are threatening them. They they find a cure or whatever. And uh, a fun one that to me goes really far into the future also shows this outbreak. And it's uh, the uh, Robert Rodriguez's uh, Planet Terror. So that's his contribution to what was called Grindhouse. Now this is basically a zombie movie uh it's an infection and it spreads 
but it came from a like a military bioweapon, I think. And Bruce Willis and his army guys have these canisters of gas that they breathe that helps keep the infection away. Now they are uh, actually infected, and they have to keep breathing this gas or they'll die. Uh, they'll start to fall apart, which Quentin Tarantino goes out that way because he's one of the soldiers. And they don't stop the virus <laughs> or the, the disease. They, they fail. And it skips to uh, Rose McGowan, who is missing a leg, and uh, they attach a machine gun to her leg because why not? And then she's the leader of a group of people like, you know, maybe decades later. And they've rebuilt a new civilization kind of out in the, I guess it's Mexico. And she now has like a mini gun, a Gatling gun on her leg. And she's, you know, gunning down these zombies and leading people to safety and sanctuary. And it's a really kind of a, a imaginative uh, future. I mean, the gun leg thing is one thing, of course. But this super, the super future, the post, the, the outbreak, the collapse, the, uh, the, the scrounging stage, that middle stage, and then the sort of hopeful uh, resolution, right? Now, I know I rambled here and there, and I went back and forth and, and, and covered a whole bunch of stuff, but uh, I've put together a little playlist to sh- to, of, uh, of zombie stuff from YouTube, and I-, I hope you take a look at that. And it's like we're in this kind of era now where you have you got Walking Dead again, not a huge fan. It's got some great zombie stuff in it, though, and that's how they keep keep bringing you back. It's because it's got all it's got those great story elements you love in a zombie story, and then they give it to you in little 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 morsels. And the zombie thing isn't necessarily going away. The whole phenomena, it's just going to continue to change. And you know, Walking Dead, of course, is based on a graphic novel or a comic book series, and so something that uh something that I've I've been waiting for is the zombie movie where they already know about zombies. The problem with that of course is if you actually saw zombies and the rules hold that you get bit and that makes you turn into a zombie, but if you don't get bit and you just die, then you're not going to become a zombie because you didn't get bit, it's like a virus or something. Then every like in a country like America, there's so many people with so many guns, like, a zombie outbreak would probably be over in, like, a day. Right? I mean, there's just so many people, so many guns and weapons, and so much so much zombie media. Everybody knows about zombies, and you hit them in the head, and they go down. So, in reality, the zombie thing, not, not exactly a threat to the real world. And I've, you know, I've explored various forms of the apocalypse in in this uh, visions of the apocalypse series and i do cover some serious topics on the kyle style podcast and the zombie stuff is is mostly just fun it's uh it's it is i suppose one form that the apocalypse could take uh it's one of i would say the absolute least likely 
of all of the visions of the apocalypse that I've covered and will continue to cover. There's a few more, uh, a few more uh, on the uh, on the list here. And you know, I get really judgmental about say like Walking Dead because it does a bunch of stupid shit I don't like. But I understand again not everyone is as as inundated with all the zombie media as other people. So maybe people haven't seen the Omega Man. They haven't seen the original uh, Dawn of the Dead. They maybe haven't even seen the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Maybe they've only you know, played some video games and they, uh, you know, saw Twenty Eight Days Later, and so they, they, they want more zombie stuff. Well, there's a bunch of, there's a ton. I'm sure. I didn't even look that hard. There's a ton of crappy zombie movies. There's a ton of foreign zombie movies. Zombie fiction. There's zombie games. You got Plants vs Zombies. You know, it's zombie, zombie, zombie. I'm about tired of zombie stuff, and I, I still love these movies and, and things, but, I mean, I'm, I'm getting tired of how it's it's a lot of repetitive stuff because those same elements that made the originals, like Night of the Living Dead, so great, they just kind of keep you know, replicating them and repeating them. And it's almost like we need... We need, like, a... Uh, a high-end, high-quality uh, zombie movie that can shake the genre up. And it's not Resident Evil 12, okay? And it's... There was a Day of the Dead. There, So there was the Night of the Living Dead, and then they did a remake. I actually like the remake more than the original, but you gotta give props to the original. I like the newer, the 90s one better. I like the original Dawn of the Dead, but I like the remake better. And then they made, uh, you know, Day of the Dead. And, I mean, they, it, the the original is, is decent, and they did a remake. I didn't even see the remake. I don't know if anybody saw the remake. Uh, you had George Romero's alleged, uh, some people deny its existence, uh, Land of the Dead, sometimes called Lame of the Dead, where it's like one city that is still kind of, it's surrounded by water and... Dennis Hopper is fantastic in it, but uh, that's about it. And they have a big war truck that's anti-zombie truck, and they go out marauding around looking for supplies, and there's intrigue and stuff, but the zombies kind of look like crap in it, and then and then they like learned to swim, and then they were kind of using guns and stuff, and it just... Like, it, it doesn't work. So, there's these kind of newer stabs at this zombie stuff and a lot of them kind of fall short in some sense because I think a lot of these tropes are a little tired they're a little used up um I'm still looking forward to like a 28 months later that could be really good but I would hope that somebody like Danny Boyle who's pretty accomplished would would be the director and you have some good leads in it and some good actors so that they can keep it from being another kind of send-up or another just another splatter fest because it's easy to splatter zombies because you don't care about them right they make for a great movie villain you you don't care about what happens to zombies because they're not really people and on a on a serious note maybe we'll we'll end with this is that like i said about people desiring the to see they they desired some sense to see the collapse of society and they also 
want to feel justified, I think, in murderous impulses. We spend our whole lives kind of taming our inner beast and getting along in civilization. Zombie movies allow you free reign to shoot your neighbor in the face because he's infected. Gotta kill him. And you, you, you kind of have no... There's no ethical judgment or moral judgment about it because they're a threat. They're dangerous. And they need to be stopped. So it's an open invitation to just start shooting people in the head, clubbing them, uh, caving their skulls in. People you might have known, people you don't know, especially strangers. You know, fuck strangers, right? Uh, if, you know, it, it just driving in traffic will make you wish for the zombie apocalypse so that you can feel justified in wanting to kill somebody and being allowed to. And so I think that that's a, a key ingredient in all this, right? So, Visions of the Apocalypse, eh, the the Living Dead, Zombie Apocalypse, uh, Walking Dead was huge, I guess, this week, and clubbed, in, clubbed Glenn to death, clubbed multiple loved char- beloved characters to death, and everybody feels all betrayed, and they're like recording themselves watching it and sobbing and crying and everything else it's not real everybody it's okay it's not real but uh thanks for listening blowing my voice out kyle style podcast head over to the gofundme page throw me a couple dollars head over to the uh redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash kyle style design cop some of my original artwork on uh you know mugs and all that fun merchandise and get some of my get some original artwork in your life it will enrich your life and you know, uh, after the zombie apocalypse, you'll be able to look over at the mantle where you have one of my fine prints and say, man, I remember a time before, in the before time, when you could just type some buttons into a computer and things would get sent to your house and we just created beauty endlessly and we took it for granted. And now, with zombies clawing at the door day and night and I only have one round of ammunition for myself just in case we now have nothing but ugliness and death and the walking dead to keep us up at night (laughs) thanks for listening bye